This show is an ultimate podcast group production. Hey, this is Live Better with Natasha with me, Natasha Hamilton. This podcast is all about exploring your mental, physical and spiritual wellness. Live Better with Natasha is for anyone who is looking to broaden their horizons with their wellness, who want to heal, they want to grow, and they want to feel on top of the freaking world. I'm absolutely buzzing and over the moon to have the gorgeous, lovely Dame Kelly Holmes with us. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So good to see you again. We did have a great chat. That was a brilliant event, wasn't it? It was just before lockdown when life was a bit simpler and a bit more normal. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what normal is anymore, do you? (laughs) Well, well, this is it. It's like finding our new normal and being comfortable with changing our routine and also in the back of our head knowing this is going to change. It's going to keep changing. (laughs) It's going to change and we're kind of creatures of comfort, aren't we? We we like what we like. We like what we know, and sometimes we don't want to, yeah, diverge off that path, off that path. But life throws these curveballs, and we have to go with it. So, how have you been finding lockdown? To be honest, I actually found it okay. I think because I'm so used to different changes and scenarios. Like I travel all over. You know, I'm really fortunate that like you. We have different types of lives and jobs and opportunities and I fly across the world so nothing's nor is what people call normal you know I don't come home at a set time at night I'm hardly ever home I live out of bag and then I'm back and forth and you know so I felt like it was strange because of what the environment brought you know this COVID this kind of like disease that was coming and were we meant to do something not meant to do it are we meant to lock down and I was actually in New York um before this happened and what happened was is when I'd got to New York the uh, Broadway shop and suddenly I was like oh okay so this is like actually big but the restaurants are still open everyone was going into shops and so it's almost sort of a weird mindset wasn't it this kind of change and I came back luckily the day that they stopped flights going in and out so then suddenly you're just in lockdown and we're just and I thought to myself like you, I need to keep busy. I like my head has to be busy. So I thought to myself, well, what's going to be the two things that will keep me positive? One, still feeling like I'm going to work effectively. So still kind of making a plan, having a schedule, having a busy day. And secondly, to keep fit and active. And I sort of thought I'd use it as like a positive for me. So I started doing live feeds and I never, I've never done live workouts before. But I haven't bloody stopped now. <laughs> It's and you're ripped. you're reaping the seeds you've sown. Oh, I tell you, I know, right? <laughs> no, but no, I really enjoyed it because of the interaction with people. I know we'll talk more about it, but it just made me decide in that first two weeks, right? Set a structure, set a plan, know what I'm going to do every day, put in the diary. So when I got up my mind knew that I was going to be doing something because otherwise I would have gone loopy loop. If I just had to stay at home and think I'm not doing nothing, I wouldn't have been able to cope. No way. (laughs) Well, I was laughing with my friend the other day because I started two Facebook groups and one was the Live Better with Natasha, which was all about wellness. And that basically is helping you, helping to support people with their physical, mental and spiritual well-being. Mm -hmm. 
And the other one was lockdown fitness and fun. And I was like starting to do like these little like dances and workouts with the kids. And I thought, right, this is going to keep me busy. People are really going to tune into that. But kids are a pain in the ass. <laughs> I, love, I love them. But I was like, okay, so we're going to bake live on Facebook. Huge mistake. Huge <laughs> They were literally wanting to kill each other. They were I was behind the computer going, I was so stressed out. I phoned my friend. I went, this has given me anxiety. I said, this won't last a week. <laughs> my friend told me it was hilarious. Yeah, it was. You could see me having a full-on meltdown on Facebook. So um, luckily, my other passion, which is wellness, that started to grow. Yeah. And it became really important to me because I started to feel like oh shit am I going under a bit because all my gigs cancelled so before we went into lockdown yeah it, it was the phone was ringing this has been cancelled that's been cancelled you're not going here this is getting moved back and all of us like within like the blink of an eye I went from a whole two-thirds of the year full of gigs yeah nothing yeah, I'm the same as you. I mean, I stand on stage in front of thousands of people and everything got cancelled. You know, starting the momentum started where people were doing this uh, virtual um, gigs with their kind of employees now. So obviously do corporate employee speeches. I know you use them as well. And that sort of kicked off, but everything just went. And that's a really strange time for anybody, isn't it? I mean, we're quite lucky. I think what's caused a lot of anxiety and uh, frustrations for people is the unknown you know knowing are they going to have a job when they when this is all over how is that going to look financial worries you know kind of relationship uh, how do you stick together how do you get through this period and I think that's why especially the people that I know have been following me when we've had our sort of private chats or group chats all sort of saying it was that first unknown stage yeah. um, but now people have got routines they feel a bit better yeah, I think with like me, I'm in another room trying to create a new business. <laughs> There's this energy of panic and chaos. And yeah. um, it was quite nice to create a space where I could just go, okay, how's yeah. everyone feeling? And, you know, and we just all kind of, we talked about it. And that's the main thing with mental health. You can get into a position where you feel like no one will understand what you're going through or how you feel and you isolate and you kind of go inwards and that's the worst thing we can be doing really isn't it absolutely yeah I mean we we know it's been proven through lots of research that talk therapy connecting communicating is one of the ways of helping your mental health as well as fitness and exercise but from that point of feeling that you're not alone because we're all we're all very different. We're all our own person. That's the first and foremost that everyone has to remember that you never compare yourself to someone. So no one has got a harder or better life or thing. We've all got our own life. So that's the first thing is that your own life matters to you. And then it's that part where people feel either scared of reaching out sometimes, I think, or worried, again, still with that sort of, not so much the stigmatism, but how to articulate how they feel. Because I think sometimes you get in a position where you are really stressed and anxious and you feel like people are going to say, oh, what have you got to worry about? Because you might not be able to compute it as well. 
And so what I've noticed with the groups that we talk is just talking. You feel it's quite cathartic, isn't it? Just to hear people, even if you just sit and listen and hear somebody else's worries, it mm. kind of makes you feel like, okay, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm all right. I'm, you know, <laughs> I've got these worries somebody else has. Uh, okay, maybe I'll listen. And you get so many tips because I think a lot of people like to talk about how they're getting through those situations and what they've done to, you know, manage them. Because I don't think anyone will ever get over, personally, I think if you've had a really bad experience in your life, as we talked about, I know we'll talk about now when I had a breakdown, I don't think I'd ever get out of having that one bit inside my head that thinks, you know, I went through such a bad patch in my life, would I ever regress back? And I feel like you you change slightly when you have a really bad impact in your life. The way you think, the way you feel about yourself, you can take them on to a lot of positives. But sometimes when you're slightly stressed, tired probably, um, that you start to wean, not into maybe the depths of despair, but you kind of can feel how you are susceptible to, mm. um, you know, poor mental health, I think, once you've had a really bad experience. And that's the thing, it's like nothing, like we can put as much time and energy into supporting our mental health as, as we can, but there's always going to be a blip. There's always going to be a situation that makes you feel a certain way or a hormone, you know, time of the month and you're like, you're just not, you're feeling groggy anyway and you're not reacting the way you usually would. So it's a constant, continual journey of, we like talking and listening and reading and exploring different ways that how you can help your your own well-being and mental health yeah definitely I think it's um, having some form of acceptance and then having knowledge in life that actually there are things that you've done in the past or things that you can do that help you deal with circumstances you know I um you know, this is about open conversation, isn't it? And um, I knew there was one stage in my life, I didn't say it the last thing, I don't think, there's one stage in my life when I knew that what I used to do it myself was not going to make myself better or the circumstance that I was in at the time better. So when my mum passed away um, in 2017, August 2017, Regardless of everything else that had happened to me, my breakdown, me starting to become a surf farmer, all of those things, that was the worst day of my life because my mum had me when she was 17. So we had that kind of real close and, you know, difficult and close relationship at the same time. But um, I, the day I was actually abroad, I'd been with her all week, the week before in hospital and she was kind of wanting me to take her out on the Friday, left there, she was back home, she was going to go back to the hospital just to check up on the Monday and my I blew away on this uh, Sunday because, you know, everything seemed to be okay and she bloody died on the Monday morning and I was abroad and oh my gosh, I lost it and I self-harmed again at that point and when like you know when you're on the phone screaming down the phone because she was still right then and my brothers are saying oh my god it's all like something's gone wrong you know my younger brothers and I'm on the phone thinking helpless telling my mum I'm coming back I'm coming back you know and you just lot I lost it but it was at that time that when I did that to myself like bad on my leg 
suddenly I thought, oh my God, this is not going to help the situation. It's not helping me because I was just, I don't know. I mean, I can't even explain it. My head was going to explode, you know, and then I couldn't get there. And, she, and then the next call, literally after that was she died, did it again. And then suddenly I thought it's not going to bring her back. It's not helping me. I never, I haven't done it since that night, but. Had you had much, oh, if you had you done much like counseling or anything about your self harming up until that point, or no, was this your you just going, hang on a minute, something's got to change? Yeah, I hadn't, and um, you know, so I started self harm in 2003 when I had my big breakdown, um, the year before the Olympic Games, getting ready for a world championship. So I'd had seven years of injuries in my 12-year, or at that time, 11-year international career. Um, I'd been ex-military soldier for nearly 10 years. You know, I'm a strong woman. I'm strong-minded. I'm determined. You know, that doesn't change. It doesn't it doesn't change who you are. But for some reason, I just couldn't cope with this, the intenseness of what I was trying to achieve to become Olympic jumping, something I dreamed of since I was 14, to the intense position you get yourself in when you're an international athlete. You're quite isolated. You're pushing yourself to the extreme all the time. And it just snapped because I got another injury. And um, after that time, like, I had, you know, I didn't, the only person I'd spoke to at that time was this French lady in the mountains because I was in the middle of France getting ready for world champs and we couldn't have a language barrier. I mean, I didn't stay in the classroom at school. I was always outside French. And she, I was breaking down on a massage table. You know, I'd only go in for a massage and I broke down and she, she got called in by the physio and I was trying to explain this is just, you know, that i just couldn't cope this thing was like exploding in my head and um anyway that night I ended up that's when I became self-harmer basically locking myself in my little bathroom in my apartment and seeing some scissors and wanting the floor to jump out. I didn't want to see the next day you know I'd, but I ended up cutting myself in quite a few different areas and well when you're wearing a crop top and shorts not that many places you cut yourself anyway so um this happened and then the extreme of that was that at that time, 2003, no one was speaking about mental health. I had no idea about breakdown, depression. So I never even had anyone around me that I thought had gone or knew. So kept it all in. Anyway, fast forward, obviously, I went then won a silver medal at the World Championships two weeks into the hellhole, which is almost a strength, empowering thing as well as a down, you know, you're fighting, half of you wants to die, half wants to live, and you're carrying on trying to get through this motion. And athletics was also my saviour, as well, as well as being the thing that got me to a real low point, is also my saviour having that dream. And connecting with people around me, telling them I just needed their help. Not telling them that side of it, but that if I could keep my body healthy, stop being injured, being like living my dream, very selfish of me to tell them that, but we could do this. And I knew it because having gone through that period just then, still fighting it, but knowing I was still living almost gave me a sense of empowerment. So anyway, I won my two golds and then the following year I got asked to write my autobiography. So I started to say it in there because I thought I want people to know that this was not freaking easy. You know, I, how I went through and what I did to make it an inspiration to people. 
Anyway, fast forward, you get to 2017. And in between that time, I'd had ups and downs. I'd finished my career. So again, lost my identity. Um, didn't know who I was. I became a product where I was opening this, selling this, you know, kind of just label on your head, but not me. You know, I'm someone who's driven and likes to find my feet and my journey. So I got to 2017. I was talking still about it, but it wasn't really, no one really cared. And then went on a TV show, started talking about it more, loose women actually. And I remember this moment because it was almost like I'd never spoken about the situation before to people. It was like almost gasps. And I said, no, the difference is that you're listening now. Um, I'm still saying the same thing. So over that time, people kept saying to me, well, are you going to get counselling for it? And I was like, I don't know what to say to people. I found it really hard because I was always being a really private person, naturally and generally, about my life. I'm so private in that sense. I'm a bit more given now, but um, I felt like I don't know how to express everything in my life and what else would be pulled out of it and could I face some of those other things I think that's where people get to with counselling there's that one thing that you're essentially going in for but you know it can also open another can of worms and I didn't know if I wanted at the time to face some of those things and they're things from childhood and life generally and I just ended up dealing with it myself and knowing that if you have a coping mechanism that can help you switch at certain times and that for me I suppose when my mum died was the switch yeah and that's it like counseling is powerful yeah definitely oh. you know you have to break down the barriers and I've, I've gone into counseling sometimes and I know I've not given it all and I've held on to some because I just wasn't ready at that time to yeah. release so it was just whether it wasn't the right person or I just wasn't mentally ready and then there's been other times when I've kind of done it thinking don't know if I need it but I'll just do it anyway and then literally gone (laughs) (laughs) I just like vomited my life you know across someone and and been a bit like oh well that was a revelation (laughs) I think it's it's something that it's not just like a one-time thing it's like a continual thing talk about your feelings you know mm-hmm. uh, explore in different ways like not everyone has to go that deep you know not everyone has to or wants to go back to you know what happened to them when they were four or you know all these things but sometimes yeah. you have to yeah and I do think that so many people get so much from counseling you know because if like I was saying that talk the talk therapy part of the mental health awareness then I think you know absolutely if somebody feels they need it. And most people probably do need to speak to people. Maybe I was just a bit sort of, you know, kind of, no, <laughs> I'm going to, you know. <laughs> Maybe I should have gone a long time ago. And, and not to say I never will, but I always thought, oh, if I do, I'll go to a board where no one knows me at all. No one has a preconception of me, my life, because it's all out there written. I thought, actually, if I ever see someone, I would have to see somebody. And this is the difficulty, I suppose, from being your position yeah Yeah. being slightly in the public eye I want to keep all that side to what if I want to talk about things I'll talk about them if I don't I don't simple as that 
And I felt like, oh, but yeah, going back to can it help people? Absolutely. I mean, there's so many people that having that one person or a combination, sometimes not just one person helps, right? You, you might not gel with that person. But I know a lot of people that has helped rather than going to the doctor and getting medicine, for example, or getting tablets. So everyone's very different. I mean, I've been on antidepressants, hated them because I was mature enough to know that one of the tablets I had was not right. I mean, I had this buzz, like a like an electric current, like shooting through my head. And I'm like, this can't be right. And I ended up having to wean off of them and come off of these antidepressants. Now, maybe that was just wrong for me. But yeah. I, my thought process is if I had to get to that stage of help, I'd rather go to counselling than I would to the doctor first, yeah. try and deal with it so that I've got more of a clearer head when I'm in a clear head to make decisions. But everyone is so different, aren't they? Everyone is so different. Yeah, we are. And like going back to what you're saying about feeling like if you, if you want to, when you ever feel like you want to open up, you want to go to someone who hasn't got a preconceived perception of you. Mm. I remember going to a counseling or a therapy session with, um, like, she was a doctor, like a, psych- a therapist, but I'd seen her on this morning before. And I didn't know I was going to see her. It was like something that management must have set up. And I went to this, like, house in the middle of London. And as soon as I saw it, I just went, that's my woman off the telly. And I was like... What if I'm, because I used to watch this morning, and she was on this morning. (laughs) What if she, because they use like case studies, they never mention who it is. But I was like, what if she says, tells my story? And what what if people figure out it's me? And then my mind, because obviously I wasn't in the right (laughs) mindset at the time. I couldn't, I just couldn't open up to her. I just, I literally sat there and I was like, I don't even want to speak to you because I, yeah. I just I didn't feel like I could trust her, which was like, yeah, that so that put me back. That was like my an experience that stopped me going for counsel. And when actually there was other people out there that I could have felt a lot more um comfortable with. Well, yeah. it probably was, you know, I think that's the thing. I think there is somebody probably for everybody, you know, and it's just that comfortable bit of what, what, what stage do you need to open up and why you feel you need that. And I do think a lot of people do. And I, I felt like I almost made that decision at that time because the one thing I will quickly say this, the one thing was this, when I didn't tell anyone and I wrote my autobiography, you know, can you imagine your, your friends and family are reading something about you that they've known you all your life and you've never expressed anything about this. You then put it in a public forum and they didn't know, you know, they were so upset and not, not mad with me, but upset that I didn't have that support from them who, you know, my friends have been my friends since age four and 11, you know, it's like forever. And, um, I vowed that I would, when I needed them, I would connect with them. And that, as soon as I got back home to the UK and went and saw my mum literally like two o'clock in the morning, um, I I literally had to have my friends around. My friends came and stayed with me. I had five of them, just literally, they're all friends of mine for a long time, all came and stayed with me. And even though I was in tears, I couldn't see anything. I was in bed. They would just come up. And that little bit of laughter, even though I was hurting, that little, because they know you, just helped. And what was helping me is knowing that they were there for me no matter what. 
whether I said a word through the whole day, which most of the time I didn't, the fact that I said to them I needed the help, they just stayed with me, and that helped me through that period for three weeks till my mum was buried. I, I absolutely lent on my friends, and that's one thing I would always say. We all have somebody in our lives that is there for us no matter what. It's just us looking, opening our eyes and remembering that. And I'm so glad I did because that's why I haven't done what I've done before because I now call my friends at any stage. And it's not to be a burden. I do not feel a burden. I feel more bad if I don't tell them because they said they would, they want to help, you know. So I don't call them all the time, don't need to. But if I need them, they're there. And that's what people have to remember. You're not a burden. You're not, you know, you don't think that they're going to think, oh, God. You know, there would be the worst thing if something happened to you and you didn't tell they your friend. They wouldn't be a true friend, would they? I mean, that's what fr- that's what friends that's, are yeah, for. Yeah, that's what friends are for. Absolutely. Like sometimes it's like silence can be golden because it's like they've no one else to say anything, but just mm. knowing that they're there is, is more than enough. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So you're a massive advocate on, on mindset, aren't you? It's all about keeping the mind powerful. Mm-hmm. So how, like, what what would be your tips on on mindset? Uh, well, a few. I mean, one I've, I've keep bringing into all my uh, sessions that I do is to bring Pat with you. So, either wake up with Pat, positive attitude time uh, today. Sorry, positive attitude today. So, making a conscious decision that in your mind you're going to have positivity around you because it's very easy to be in in a negative mindset everybody can go into a negative mindset because actually that doesn't that makes you dwell a little bit more it means you don't have to have the energy or the kind of thought you can just sit and lull a little bit or you know kind of accept everything you're doing or you wake up with something that's positive and we won't always wake up with a positive uh, attitude let's face it so I always say to people when you do my sessions you're bringing pat on your shoulder that's positive attitude time and during that period of time I can guarantee by the end of my session they're going to go thinking you know I'm buzzed and it doesn't matter how they came to it it's just that if if in your head you feel something you know coming up where you're down so I so one of the other things I decided like on this period of time is how do you bring, how do you appreciate, like what are people appreciating during this time? You know, I go out and I'm very fortunate, I have a lovely garden and I stand outside and the birds have been singing to their heart's content. Like literally, I've never heard birds that clear and it just made me smile. I remember just recognising that sound, thinking, wow, I've never, ever sort of appreciated that type of thing before. You know, the fresh air that we're getting because we weren't polluting it during this time. You know, the time that I've got to myself that I never had before when I'm travelling all over. So I tell people to find some positives in it. What are you learnt? What have you reflected on? What are changes you're going to make to your life going forward because if you do that you'll end up thinking that you've captured something again for you you know when we talk about fitness and being active it's not about jumping around like yourself bunny like I do it's about getting out walking exploring maybe running starting something new and the reason why is because in fitness that for me is one of the only times you have control over yourself because you have to make the commitment You have to focus on what you're doing. You have to 
have the energy and the mindset to get through that class or session and it's for you the only gains in that one period of time is for you so for me it's like what can you find in your life that's gone on in this last however many 10 12 14 weeks however many people have been in week wise um to get to this point what is it that's positive in your life now we've all got them you know, was it more time with your children? Was it the fact that, you know, you're on furlough and took it to a positive thinking, actually, I'm getting 80% of my work here, but I'm not traveling all over the place. And actually, I'm not spending it out on a night out every night and I'm whatever. What is, you know, what is it you can actually, instead of going, oh, I'm not at work and oh, I've been furloughed. It's like, no, God, you know, it's a bit holiday sitting sitting, doing things that I wouldn't normally do. And I'm getting paid most of my wage. So I keep telling people, change your mindset. Start with the positive. Sometimes there'll be a little dip, but if you started with a negative, getting up high is hard. So start with the positive in your day. What are you going to do? What are you going to focus on? What makes you happy? And if you slip down, you're still much more full. You know, talk about that. Um, Was it? Uh, what's the thing? But not bottle half full, half full, whatever. Uh, milk, whatever. Glasses. Glasses. <laughs> half empty you know start with a full one it comes to half full it's better than starting on the bottom and not getting up to half that's what I say (laughs) (laughs) fitness as well like I for me working out makes me feel good now I know it's not for everyone you know people have got I don't know joint issues or whatever but even if it's going out for a walk like being confined in the house for ages for me I just got to I was like, I need, I need to move. <laughs> I need yeah. to move my body. I need some air. And I've gone on, like, I found walks I didn't even know existed from where I live, like these gorgeous walks. And just gone out, and it's like just blowing away the cobwebs and getting the air in your lungs. And just mm. like, you know, brisk walking goes a long way. Yeah. Like if, if you're really- and if you're in a shithead space, go out, go for a walk. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think if you can flick that switch and just, yeah, like stomp out. I mean, I do, because I train all the time. My me time is actually going in a bubble bath, hot bubble bath, candles on and music and closing the doors and literally having my space. That's where I relax because I don't relax. I have to do the other extreme where actually I take the foot off the gas where some people, they need to, yes, get out when they're feeling like, you know, head's just about to explode. I tell you, getting out as you said, fresh air, walking, getting the blood pumping around the body, thinking, breathing. You know, people underestimate that need to like, and then just breathe out. That can help you so much, so, so much. Um, And I think people, you know, we all struggle in life at very different ways, different times, but it's your struggle. So don't judge yourself against somebody else thinking it's worse, bad, you know. Um, it's your life so you have to deal with those things and you have to take some control over your habits and your decision making because some of the things that you're feeling can be minimized by you taking action 100% I totally agree and that's it I've gone through times in my life where I know I've dwelled too much in a space that could have easily been lifted and it is having that, you know, just thinking like, well, what, how can I do, like, what can, what can I do, like, just to make yourself feel better? Um, and, and 
routine. I must say to people, if people get into a routine of doing it, it does become so much better. Easier one, of course, but if if fitness is something you're lacking and actually fitness has been proving to help your mental health, get in a, a structured routine where you just make a decision in your diary, whatever you've got, whether it's morning, evening, lunchtime, you put it in your diary that you're actually going to do it. And at this time, you'll never get more free fitness tips from you know the, the social media world as in this period of time everyone is given free content go on youtube come on my um <laughs> but no honestly um i think if people get a routine and a structure because when people are out of routine doesn't that make you feel really like we we were saying you know when you're in the routine it's like what you kind of your head just messes up but then as soon as you grab some of that routine, even if it's different to normal, but you set a new routine, it just helps you focus a lot more. 100%. Kelly, look, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you giving me your time because I know we might be in lockdown, but you're the busiest woman I know. <laughs> no, it's been really good and it's great what you're doing. Well done. I think it really helps so many people. I was looking at some of the streams on the side and they clearly are loving all your you know, your chats and it gives people a place to vent and to just say what's in their head. And I think this is great. So well done you. Oh, thank you so much. And just thanks for giving me your time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Live Better with Natasha. If you have enjoyed the show, please give it a five-star review on whichever platform you get your podcasts. It helps us more than you can imagine to reach more people and share important lessons and conversations about mental, physical, and spiritual well-being. You can also connect with Natasha and become part of the Live Better movement right now by clicking the link in the show notes. If you're serious about scaling your personal or business brand, then you need to be producing audio. Yes, you need a podcast. Podcasting is exploding right now and means that you can reach a global audience, be seen as the expert in your marketplace, collaborate with world-renowned influencers, turn followers, fans, and listeners into paying clients, and open up a world of opportunities. So when you're ready to add the power of podcasting for your brand and business, check out the Ultimate Podcast Group, the team that make this very podcast ultimate podcast group your one-stop full-service agency for all your production needs for more information click the link in the show notes now